Brooklyn's Radio brings you City Update with Ian Pritchard and Lee Humphreys. Hello and welcome to City Update. Winter's coming and with it ominous signs for UK jobs. Here's Lee Humphreys to tell us what's been happening in the financial world. Well, it's a, it's a quiet time of year, Ian, as publicly listed companies are collating their third quarter numbers, ready to report them in a few weeks' time. And as such, um, the FTSE 100 in particular, and the market overall, actually, in, in general, has been very calm, drifting drifting serenely sort of sideways. Um, the action actually is uh, going on elsewhere, and commodities have been particularly strong this week. Oil, for example, is up 10%. Right, well, a bit of stability there, which is more than can be said for the, um, the pubs and restaurants. Yeah, no stability there whatsoever, In is there? The, uh, the, the headlines are grim. There's no getting away from it. Um, in that sector, uh, you know, we see these headlines keep rolling over the tape uh, and we, as we get ever closer to the end of the furlough, uh, which comes at the end of this month, of course. Um, here we're witnessing really a jobs Armageddon, really, uh, unless the government uh, can change course immediately. Kate Nichols, you'll probably remember, uh, Ian, we've talked about her, on this program uh, uh, for the last couple of weeks. She's the head of UK hospitality. It represents 85,000 or so businesses within the UK and in the obviously in the hospitality um, sector. She said that 91% of their members said that the upcoming job support scheme wouldn't be able to help uh, businesses retain jobs because of the additional costs and restrictions they are now Facing Now, to illustrate that earlier this week, uh, we had an announcement from Green King. Uh, they're going to be closing 79 sites, actually including um, one in the Brooklyn's radio area, the, uh, the Lock Fine restaurant in uh, Cobham. And overall, they're going to be losing 800 jobs throughout up and down the country. Um, and that is following, of course, we talked the last couple of weeks with, about J.D. Weatherspoons, Whitbreads and Fullers um, in, the, in the last sort of fortnight uh, about doing exactly the same thing. Now, going back to what um, sort of Kate was saying, Green King were blaming uh, the tighter coronavirus restrictions, which had made it a challenge, they said, very sort of conservative uh, language, uh, to reopen some of its sites, uh, along with the winding down of the furlough scheme in under three weeks' time to be replaced by the, the job support scheme, which puts a far greater share of the staffing bill upon the employer. Yeah, and uh, very recently, this week, um, the Scottish government have said um, no booze in pubs and si- for the next 16 days, apparently. Yeah, yeah I mean, just, just when you really thought it couldn't get any worse, um, we had those uh, for the sector, we had those headlines sort of coming out of uh, Edinburgh. And it, it sort of rem- reminds me of, sort of watching Braveheart when William Wallace um, growled at the English that they'll never take our freedom. Well, Nicola Sturgeon's reply now is one a bet. Um, uh, now, combine that with a reduction in revenue that these measures are having, and you have an un- unemployment uh, time time bomb. You know, Kate Nichols added that when she met MPs actually on Monday morning, that she now feared that more than 560,000 job cuts that she didn't anticipated to occur out of the one million still furloughed employees in the uh, in the sector would materialize she told mps we fear that unless there are amendments for those areas which are being hardest hit 
you won't avoid a cliff edge of redundancies when the furlough is replaced by the job support scheme. So what she's saying, the job support scheme won't go anywhere near making up for the loss that furlough was providing. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's a, a nice summation, Ian. I mean, we've really now also got a, a double whammy. We've got uh, we've obviously got the less revenues from the restrictions and we've obviously got higher costs as well. And, and, and to illustrate that, we had Tesco reporting on Wednesday, a great set of numbers, uh, by the way. Uh, but they said that uh, within that uh, announcement, they said that they'd spent £533 million making its supermarkets COVID safe just in the first half alone. And they estimate that this charge could grow to something around the region of 725 million for the full year. Now, that's manageable, of course, if you're Tesco, but for many others, it's going to be impossible and they'll have to close. Yeah, I can see that's a one-off payment, effectively, though, isn't it? But uh, anyway, uh, you must have seen the um, speech by, uh, what's his name? David Malpass, who's the uh, boss of the World Bank, or the president of the World Bank, saying that uh, the rich are getting rich and the poorer are getting poorer. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I did see that. Uh, and uh, the, the, the numbers were um, just horrific, weren't they? The, uh, basically, he was, he was basically saying that extreme poverty, those um, that are living on less than £1.50 a day are expected to rise this year by more than 115 million people. Now, that's the first rise since 1998, 22 years ago. And these are all, he says, uh, the result of lockdown measures. And to, to your point, Ian, there was a, on the same day, ironically, there was a report um, by UBS um, about the world's wealthiest. Uh, UBS was saying that between April and July, that's just three months, the world's richest saw their wealth climb by 27 percent to 7.9 trillion pounds. Now, well, it, you know, it's the old story, isn't it? The rich get richer and the poor get poorer. That is the old uh, time-honoured story, unfortunately. In yes, absolutely. Now, you know, politicians can therefore, you know, easily restrict pubs and restaurants from opening when they want, as Scotland announced uh, on Wednesday and, and to take effect uh, later today. Um, but, you know, don't be mistaken as to the consequences of these acts, as the World Bank is really um, uh, stressing. Um, what we have uh, is a, effectively an inadvertent class war going on and bizarrely often exacerbated by those who claim they want to ameliorate the conditions of the working poor who are being hardest hit by the more draconian lockdown measures. Who are you referring to when you say those um, often exacerbate the problem? Well, (laughs) I'm talking about, you know, I'm talking about politicians and government in general. Now, you know, to to uh, to, you know, I've said to illustrate a a number of times, I'm going to use it again. Um, But, you know, this this if we look back to that one meter plus rule that now applies um, within uh, within the UK, um, that has been enough on its own to sort of do for cinemas. Um, Cineworld, um, which is the second biggest cinema chain uh, in, in, in the world, and the UK's largest actually, announced on Tuesday that it'll be closing 663 cinemas uh, in the UK and the US. Now that's going to be affecting 45 
thousand employees globally, of which 5,500 are going to be in the UK. The Odeon said exactly the same thing. They'll be cutting um, uh, the opening hours at 25% of its 120 theatres uh, up and down the country. Uh, and in those 25%, um, they will now be only operating between Friday and Sunday. Now, these changes were announced by Odeon and Cineworld this week. Um, uh, after the delay in the release of Warner Brothers' The Batman, that's The Batman, not just Batman, uh, and the uh, new and aptly named uh, bomb film No Time to Die. Now, the irony won't be lost uh, on many that James Bond, a character, let's be honest, who is personified uh, by his daring do and laissez-faire attitude towards risk, has had its release uh, date delayed by a virus. I'm going to attempt to slip in a joke. It's not that funny. So it's yeah, really James Bond, a license to kill cinema. Anyway, any yeah, that's enough. Anyway, as for the markets, you chap must be delirious because the markets seem to be doing okay, and you don't give a damn about unemployment. What's the problem? Well, look, the, the markets are definitely not blind to what is going on in the real world, Ian. That's that's absolutely um, the, the case. But they're being uh, fed by an entirely different revenue stream um, to the, the rest of the uh, of the real world, if you like. Um, stimulus in the form of governmental and central bank handouts, which feed markets first and then leave a few crumbs on the table for everyone else, is exactly why there is this detachment that you've talked about on several uh, occasions, Ian, on this programme, and rightly so, between the high street and Wall Street. Now, the Fed chair, again, this week, Jerome Powell, someone that we've talked about often on this programme, warns of a weak US recovery without a new round of government aid. He was urging policymakers to step up uh, and no doubt um, tired of listening to the likes of Nancy Pelosi and uh, Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin um, argue over how much and to whom the next stimulus really should be sent. Yeah, and Donald Trump doesn't seem to be helping this. It, I, honestly, it's very difficult to keep track of him. But mm. he said, we're not going to do anything about this until after the election. Then he said he was, then he said he wasn't. It's confusing, isn't it? Well, he's just recovering from a nasty uh, illness, Ian. So we've got to give him some uh, uh, some time to... Uh, uh, to straighten himself out, but um, you know he he did actually. You know, there was a, a, on this specific um, a tweet, um, he said in less than 240 characters that there would be no stimulus until after the election, which is let's face it now in under four weeks time. Now, just on that one tweet alone about there being no stimulus, U.S. markets fell by two percent in under. 10 minutes. This is on Tuesday evening. Um, uh, this is a sort of behaviour within markets that is similar, really, in effect, to drug addicts being told their next fix was being delayed. Right. Now, I hesitate to move on, now, Lee, but um, obviously I follow you on Twitter, at Markets Lee, yeah. and uh, I, I see the sort of things you like and you approve of, and I know you're a great fan of a, a rival station of ours, Talk Radio. Oh, so what do, you, what do you think the government should do now then, Lee? <laughs> well, um, you know, what, what do I think? I mean, I think simply this, Ian, is that politicians, and you've probably got the, the flavour of this in you know, what I've just said, is are not the saviours here. 
however well-intentioned those uh, politicians actually are. Um, uh, as the proposals coming from, you know, the Scottish executive, which we've just mentioned, um, uh, they are by and large the cause of the problem and not the solution. This, this recession uh, can something still lead to a depression. The virus um, may have started in Wuhan this time last year, um, but its consequences are being magnified and exacerbated by the decisions of the political classes, be that in Washington, Edinburgh, London or Brussels, who are trapped by the perceived need to be seen to do something in the media. What working people and the unemployed need more than anything else is the end to government's futile attempts to stop the virus and accept their own limitations and get out of the way. As Ronald Reagan succinctly put it when presiding over the bull market uh, of the 1980s in the United States, don't just do something, stand there. Right, well, not so much a markets update, but a party political broadcast on behalf of the Say No to Government Party. Right, Lee, I'll see you next week, mate. Cheers, Ian. Thank you. Ian Pritchard and Lee Humphreys brought you City Update on Brooklyn's Radio. Brooklyn's Radio.